Hello, welcome to GOK, the Gospel of Kennison. This is episode 134, brought to you the week of August 10th, 2020. I'm your host. My name is James Kennison. Welcome to my personal audio journal. This will be recorded in at least two parts because I have to go pick up my daughter in about 20 minutes. I want to say a special thanks to Carrie Wright and Carrie Bernhardt, our patrons who support the show, and thanks to Julie Ann Peterson who edited their pledge from $5 to $10. I appreciate that. And also a review from Jeremy Spiderpan of Neverland. If you only get an impression of if you only get an impression of who James is from that story show, you're missing out on a genuine, decent, and good guy just making his way as a dad. You may find he's not so different from you. That was a review on iTunes, and I appreciate that. So what's been going on? Um, first of all, apparently I only record this show once a month. <laughs> so if you're, if you're not upset about that, that's awesome. But if you are, uh, I'm sorry. Um, my goal is to do it every week. It is, but sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to sit down and record and, and have something to say that's worth recording. I actually did sit down and recorded a whole show. Um, but it was very late at night and I rambled quite a bit. So I didn't want to bore you with that. So, um, what's been going on in my world? Well, I had a birthday Saturday I turned 47. You know what that is? That's three years from being 50. And that's crazy. It was a trying time. And I appreciate all of your help getting through it. All of your Facebook posts and uh, wishing me well as I went through the dark day. No, it was a, it was a good day. Um, we went out to dinner. I got, uh, I got to open a present, which was a pair of, uh, uh, noise canceling Bluetooth headphones, uh, over the ear, uh, Sony brand headphones. And, uh, now I can watch videos in the morning when I eat my breakfast and not bother my family. And I can watch videos when I'm in the bathroom, watch videos whenever I want on YouTube and not get, uh, overheard so that's nice it's very nice they're, they're very nice headphones too um i picked them out myself we don't do surprise presents in my family because um we're too cheap for surprises surprises take money um and it takes uh, a chance with your money right because you have to guess maybe this is exactly what they would like and then the person opens it, and if they like it or if they don't, they, they have to pretend that they do, and there's money that might have been spent in a better location. So we don't do surprises for me and the wife. We we each know what we want. We tell the other one, and um, they get it. And it's just a special. It's just not a risk. You know what I'm saying? So... uh that's just how we do it in our family. If you do it differently, it doesn't mean you're weird. You don't need to change it. Uh, you know, we, we just think it's weird. So, you know, live with that. Um, no, it was my birthday and, and that was, that was pretty cool. I, I like having a special day. I actually like having a special couple days because it was on Saturday 
And my wife kind of counted Sunday too. And so I got to take naps in the day and nobody judged me. And it was pretty cool. And we went to dinner at Red Robin, which I got to say, the quality of Red Robins has gone down quite a bit since they first opened. And the one we went to was out in a nice area. Um, but I went to the bathroom as soon as we got there. And the bathroom is just filthy. Uh, paper towels coming out of every uh, every trash can. I was going to say every orifice that had paper a place to put paper towels. Every one of them were overflowing. The floor was sticky. It smelled, of course. And it just wasn't, it wasn't up to par. And uh, it put a bad taste in my mouth for the whole dinner. And then on top of everything else, they canceled and quit making my favorite hamburger, which was called the Blue Ribbon Burger. It had a mixture of Heinz 57 and blue cheese dressing uh, with uh, onion straws and uh, just a special bun. And, and they took it off the menu a couple years ago. But I thought you could still order it, you know, like one of those secret menu items. But the guy said basically no, that they didn't even have the stuff to make it anymore. So uh, Red Robin, in spite of their bottomless fries, has become my, uh, it, it has gone off my list of my birthday place. It is not my birthday place anymore. I'm not going to be a part of their rewards program anymore. And their rewards program basically means that you just have to sign up for their emails. And as long as you let them send you emails all throughout the, the year, you can get your free hamburger. Well, I'm done with that. I'm putting them, I'm, I'm unsubscribing. I I don't care. I'll, I'm never going to eat there again. And uh, it's nothing, you know, dark and evil. Uh, I don't hate them. I just, uh, I just think the quality's night there. It's kind of like Johnny Rockets. Do you guys remember Johnny Rockets when it first came out? Did you ever have one near you in a mall, maybe? And it was all shiny and chromey, and it looked like a 50s diner, and, it, and you could get milkshakes and, you know, malts and all this stuff. And then now the only experience I have with one is at Six Flags, and it's just a hole-in-the-wall kind of place at Six Flags that just churns out hamburgers and fries, and, and that's it. And it's, it's kind of gross. It's kind of turned me off toward the whole brand. Um, so anyway, but uh, in the future, I don't know where I'll go. I, I'm open for suggestions for birthday places. I, I used to like a good hamburger. Now I don't know. Maybe I'm more of a steak guy now. So uh, I might end up at Texas uh, Roadhouse next year. And uh, you don't want to tell them about your birthday because they don't do anything special. Except they drag out a, a saddle on a sawhorse. And they make you sit upon it. And then they shout your name for everyone to hear. And they say, everybody say happy birthday. And then they make you say yeehaw. And that's it. And everybody claps and it's cute for kids. Um, it's not cute for anybody else. Funny story though. My son um, thought that they gave out free dessert at, at Texas Roadhouse. And he thought the price of admission for his dessert was to do this this uh, saddle 
uh, ritual. He is not a person that likes attention drawn to him at all. Never has been since he's an infant. We have pictures of him when we were dedicating him to the Lord. He's in front of a crowd, and if the picture show the look on his face, he's just like, "Screw all of you." That's <laughs> just what his face says. He just—you can tell he hates being up there. He just doesn't like uh, attention. Now, now he's not a screw you kind of kid, but um, but he was when he was one and a half. But um, anyway, he got on the saddle. He did the whole thing. Totally embarrassed himself. You know all that attention and then found out that that's all it was and um quite hilarious that the boy put himself through all that and got nothing i mean it's sad really <laughs> but it's funny but anyway um what's been going on in my world uh i have not been sleeping very well lately i don't know what it is you know i don't know my sister came to visit and that was fun. She was with us for three days and two nights. And she is my second, she's my first oldest sister. So there's me and there's Leanne, there's Amy, there's Jonathan and David. And there's a year and a half between me and my sister. And so uh, she's taller than I am, which is crazy. She's a tall lady. And uh, she she visited and it was a lot of fun. And she told me, because she hadn't seen me in a while, she told me that she thought that I was over-medicated. Like, that I gave the impression that I'm over-medicated. And uh, so now I'm curious, because I have been kind of stuck in a rut as far as my mental status has gone. Um, I take my medicines regularly and religiously. Uh you know, I have my ups and downs that, you know, keep me from podcasting more than I'd like. Uh, but, but things are pretty routine. Like there's no surprises and we've just kind of gotten used to it. And I am always kind of just tired, you know, even now I could go down and lay down and go to sleep. And so she's no doctor. I know that. And she knows that, but her impression of me since the last time she met me and saw or hung out was that I'm kind of muted. And so, um, that kind of was a trigger that flipped a switch in my head that kind of put some actions into play that my wife and I have been considering for a while. And that is, uh, changing doctors. Because I, I love my psychiatrist, but he doesn't seem to listen to me. And I am, the more I've read and the more I've studied and the more I've learned about bipolarism, I'm, I'm of the mind that I am not bipolar. And here's why. Because I know people that are. And when they have an, a manic episode, they transform into a different person an extreme person. They get extremely angry. They do extreme things. They, 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 they just, it's, it's unrecognizable. Their personality changes so much. And I have none of that. I've never had a manic episode. I go between being halfway normal to being depressed. And I think that's just depression alone. 
there's no swinging from one extreme to the other. It's just, I'm okay or I'm not okay, you know? Uh, and I also believe I have anxiety, which uh, I, I don't just believe it. I, I, I know it. I believe in it like I believe in Jesus. Like, it's, it's that kind of belief. I know it to be true about myself. Uh, so anyway, uh, my doctor's great. I love him. I really do. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a very nice man, a very knowledgeable man. But I've asked him on multiple occasions to please restart my treatment. Treat me as if this was the first day I'd ever walked into a, a, a place and let me, you know, ask me the questions that you would ask me on the first day and re-diagnose me. And so he won't do that. He always goes with the diagnosis that was given to him by the previous, you know, psychiatrist. And, um, you know, my first psychiatrist said I was bipolar because I become activated at night, like nighttime, I can't sleep. And so he says, see, that's what that is. That's you being bipolar and, and bipolar doesn't work that way. It doesn't switch on and off throughout the day. It's, it's a season. It becomes like a week or two of it, you know? So, uh, we are switching my doctor and the understanding will be going into this, that we're doing this for one reason, one reason only to be re-diagnosed, to start over fresh, to, uh, to see if I am being overly medicated, because if I'm not bipolar, I don't need mood stabilizing drugs. And if I'm not bipolar, they can give me more antidepressants because you don't give bipolar people a lot of antidepressants because it could activate a, a manic episode. So they've always, you know, uh, dialed it back for me. But if I'm just depressed, they can give me more of that. And the benefits would be obvious. I would, in theory, uh, be less depressed. Uh, so anyway, um, it, it, it also made sense what my sister said that, that if I'm doing better overall, which I feel like I am, I haven't had a major, uh, me medication shift or change in a while. And maybe I'm due to have some of it ramped down a little bit. And I do, I go back and listen to old podcasts and I seem like I'm more with it. Like I'm faster. I don't lose my words as often. Um, maybe that's being younger partially, partially, but I do, I do think that there is something to it. When she said, you seem over medicated, I, it, it resonated and it clicked some things into place. So I'm also going to be starting counseling slash therapy, which, um, I don't know. I, I don't know how it's going to help. Um, because a lot of times when you do counseling and therapy, they want to do cognitive behavioral therapy, which if you don't know what that is, in a nutshell, it's retraining your brain to think positively so you don't have negative thoughts. It helps you chase down the negative thoughts that cause your depression. But the thing is, my depression isn't caused by negative thoughts. I just start to feel like crap. And there is nothing to chase it down to. It's chemical imbalances in my brain. And if I couldn't talk, if I didn't talk myself into the bad feelings, I don't think there's a way you can talk yourself out of them. 
I haven't found cognitive behavioral therapy to be beneficial and I have given it a shot and I've talked about it before on this show. Um, I think it works for people who do have a lot of negative thoughts and, and feelings. Um, but they're negative thoughts and feelings that are based on things that are tangible and real. And my feelings are just there, you know, I just wake up with them. It's not like I've sit around and think you're a loser, you know, blah, blah, blah. My thoughts can come from my feelings and I can battle those, but they are not the cause of, um, my down periods. It's just not. So anyway, I'm, I'm hoping that my counselor will, will kind of, I, I, I feel like I'm the kind of guy that even if I was absolutely normal and had no problems and no struggles with my brain, that I would still kind of be a loser. And those of you who, who care about me would say, no, James, you're not, you know, you, you give this and you do that. And, and you guys tell me these things and it's hard for me to believe because at my core, I think of myself as a disappointment. I think of myself as a loser and I think that's what I need help with more than counseling about how to live with depression. Because I think even if I didn't have depression, I would still be someone that would feel the effects of, of some sort of depression because of how I view myself. And that's a hundred percent to do with my childhood and the way I was raised and not raised so, you know, there you go. But the not sleeping thing's rough because I want to go to bed uh, at, with, with, at the same time my wife does, um, which is typically sometime between 1030 and, and 1130. But I, I will lay there for hours and just think and think. And my mind still gets activated like it has for the last eight years or so. And I will roll over. And there are four positions. There's on my back, there's on my side, there's on my stomach, there's on the other side. And I will, I will lay there and for about 45 minutes on each side and then rotate. And I'll just keep rotating like that. And I, I can look over at the clock and see the time ticking away. And it's just about 45 minutes before I get uncomfortable and it's time to, it's time to flip over. And, um, you know, they tell me, well, James, you're not supposed to just lay there. You're supposed to get up and do something, you know, relaxing or, or whatever. And that way your body doesn't get used to staying awake in bed and it associates bed with sleep. But the thing is, I'm so tired. Every moment feels like I'm just about to fall asleep. So I don't want to jinx it by getting up. And so I'll lay there and an hour goes by and I'm like, but I feel like I'm about to fall asleep. So I lay there again another 45 minutes and I still feel like at any moment it could happen and I don't want to mess it up. So it's terrible. About three in the morning, I'll, I'll finally get up and I'll go downstairs and watch a couple videos or something like that. Something that's relaxing to me and uh, drink some water and go back to bed and finally, you know, usually be able to pass out. Um but it's got me to where I'm no good until about 1230. And if you want to be honest, I, my mind doesn't even clear 
until about two o'clock in the afternoon. And I don't know how much of that is the not sleeping. I don't know how much of that is medication. Um, so I'm very interested to start over with a new doctor and to get some counselors, uh, you know, slash therapists opinions on, on this, because this is what's become my normal. And I'm not sure that it's supposed to be normal. Well, this is a good place for me to pause. I've got to go pick up my daughter from uh, volleyball tryouts. And um, I'll just pick up where I left off because I want to talk later about masks. And I want to talk a little bit about Facebook. And I got some feedback from you guys. And I'm looking forward to sharing that with you. So um, we'll see you in just a bit. And just like that, it's the next day. Hi, it's now the 11th of... uh, of August and I'm still James Kinnison and we're going to continue now. So, um, I, I think I left off where I left off and so I'm going to just pick up where I'm going to pick up here. Uh, I had mentioned in my last, uh, uh, entry last episode about how I felt like the kids were pulling away and I don't feel like that anymore. I think it was just a thing where, uh, cause I talked to my wife about it. It was that they weren't needing me. Um, as much because my wife was home. And, uh, so now that their uh, school is kind of winding back up and things are kind of going, uh, back into gear, Jenna's needing rides places and things like that. It's like suddenly dad is, you know, front and center again. So that's a good thing. Uh, we're going to silver dollar city this weekend. It's pretty neat. If you've never been to Silver Dollar City or don't know what it is, it is a theme park in the middle of the Ozarks, and it started out as a cave tour and slowly became a theme park. And I'm going to tell you, if you ever get a chance to go to Silver Dollar City, you need to go. First of all, the cooking and everything, it's it's like um, a theme park if, if Cracker Barrel built it. It's the best way I could describe it because there's awesome food. It's country style, um, which is not my default style. I don't love country, but they do it so well. You have to respect it. They have live music and stuff. um, And then they have three of the best roller coasters I've ever been on. So there's that. So I'm looking forward to that trip. Uh, My wife originally mentioned it to me and I was like, no way. Let's just uh, drive to, you know, uh, Red Six Flags. It's just down the street. But then when she came to me with her plans for Six Flags, I'm like, no, I guess I was in a better place. Say, so let's, let's do Silver Dollar City. Let's do the whole thing before. Because the kids have not had much of a summer. I mean, I know we went to Jekyll Island, but that was to visit family. And um, usually what we do is get season tickets to Six Flags. But it's, it was closed for a good while, and then, you know, even when it opened, it just, the, the fun seemed to be gone out of it. I don't know. Um, we are switching Jay's school as well. And um, time will tell if it was a smart decision or not. But the school he goes to is not only very liberal, and uh, I'm, when I say liberal, I'm talking about no rules, no limits, liberal uh, some of you heard the sex education story that I told from last year in school. And that still sits with me. 
and it's not like that education program is going away. They do it every year. Um, so that's part of it. But um, also, they've decided to go full virtual. And like I said, only time will tell if we're, we're smart enough or not. But we want him in school. So we're moving him back to his old school, um, which he was in before uh, when he was in elementary school. They have a great middle school program, and um, they're going to be in school five days a week. And again, only time will tell if, uh, if that was the right move or not. Everybody might end up doing virtual school. I don't know. But uh, I want the boy to have friends. He, we were talking just the other day, and the one thing he mentioned was how his, his uh, schedule never changes. It's every day is the same for him. He, he, we, we don't have, he doesn't have any friends that live nearby. There's no people around with kids his age. In the neighborhood. Um, so it's pretty lonely. So I hope things work out. And all we can do is make decisions based on right now. You know? And in right now, it's okay. And we can do it. So, you know, we'll do it. And if, if it turns out COVID ruins everything, then it ruins everything. But at least, you know, he had a shot. So, um. I also mentioned last time about a big change possibly coming and that big change is still possibly coming and I'm still praying about it and um, waiting to see what will happen. Uh, it's going to be a slow process to see if, if this thing occurs and I can't wait to get to the point where I can talk to you about it more. Um, but if you're a praying person, just pray that God will give wisdom and discernment and um, to everybody that's involved, not to any one particular person, to everybody that's involved. A guest hosting the Babylon Bee was something that happened recently, and it was a lot of fun. Um, it was a, also a great birthday present because it released right the day before my birthday. And so... Uh, a lot of brand new stories came in, a lot of brand new listeners came in, and uh, even got some patron uh, action going, and I don't know if it all had to do with, you know, us being on Babylon B, but I like to think it did, and it's really exciting um, being on the show and being a part of, of something bigger than our show, you know, and having a chance to possibly grow, grow the audience. So uh, a lot of fun. And then if you listen to the last episode of That Story Show, and if you happen to listen to Babylon B, then you know the secret of the lie I told. <laughs> it's just terrible. I, I feel terrible about it. But when they asked me if I knew Carmen, I got confused, and I said yes. And then after that, I had to cover that accidental lie with a real lie. and Or I didn't have to. I just did. And the storyteller in me came out and I told a story that was absolutely false. So if you want more inf information on that, the last episode of that story show is where you need to go because I told about it in detail. And um, if you really want the whole thing, then you listen to Babylon B. Then you listen to uh, episode 350 of that story show. And then... You, you'll you'll have it in chronological order but um okay i movies and tv 
I am very excited about a series I've been watching on Netflix, and I really, really want to suggest it to you as a human being. Um, that series is Sherlock. It's not featured on Netflix. It's hidden amongst all the crap that that has you know Netflix has become. Um, but it's a BBC show. And you're going to want to watch it with subtitles on because they have thick British accents and they talk really fast. And I end up having to read most of it. But it is so worth it because it's so witty and so clever. And it has Benedict Cumberbatch in it. And it also has the, uh, another guy that ended up in the Marvel Endgame show. I can't remember. His name. He was Frodo, though. And he's Dr. Watson. And Benedict Cumberbatch is... Uh, Sherlock, and it is some of the best writing and best drama and best mystery uh, all combined together that you will ever see on Netflix. And we just finished the last uh, two episodes, la or last episode, day before yesterday, me and my wife. I'm getting to watch it again because it was something my daughter and my wife and I were watching together, and the daughter went over for a night out. Uh, our night over at a friend's house and uh, we watched it without her because it was so good and we couldn't wait. But I'm telling you, Sherlock is a work of pure genius. It is uh, heavily influenced by one of my favorite British writers, uh, Stephen Moffat, that I named my dog after. And um, it is good. It is really, really, really good. So if you're looking for something that will ruin other shows for you, because of the amount of content and storytelling they pack into every episode. There's only four seasons. I'm going to warn you, four seasons. And there's only like three or four episodes per season. But each episode is an hour and a half long. Each episode is a movie in length. Um, and there is one uh, episode, it's called The Woman, where you got to watch out. Uh, they don't show any actual nudity, but there's a lot of implied nudity and a lot of uh, that deal where they cover parts, you know, all all sneakily. I just fast forward through it and I kind of forgot it was there when I started watching it with my daughter. It kind of made me mad when it came up. But like I said, they don't show anything, but they do, but they don't. It's kind of like the, the, what's the, uh, the shower scene. In Psycho, where they don't show anything, but they, they it's implied, you know, she's naked. So be careful with that if, if it bothers you. Uh, if it doesn't, then I'll, I'll just leave you to it then. Um, Warrior Nun. I started trying to watch that. Uh, it's got a lot of language and not a lot else, to be honest. Uh, it's not a great story. Um, and really nothing is happening and I've watched like four episodes and they're still stuck on trying to get the girl to take her, her new life seriously. And I hope that that, that wasn't really a spoiler because they kind of let you know that there's a girl that something happens to, and I didn't even tell you what it was. And the same with cursed, uh, it's a new series on Netflix and, and I've watched like four episodes and nothing has happened. Um, nothing significant has happened. And I, it might just be Sherlock has ruined it for me. I don't know. 
but uh, or maybe these shows are just slow burners and you know i just don't have the patience for it but cursed is uh doesn't have a lot of language because it's set back in the old uh days and it's a fictionalized version of the life after you know the medieval world early before king arthur and um it's it's you know it's well done it just it that there's nothing there for me and maybe i need to give it a better chance i'm not sure all right it's time for the thoughts of the week and i want to talk about masks a little bit uh even though it's a played out topic and and you know this should have been covered many months ago but people are still up in arms about the fact that they have to wear masks. So um, here's my opinion. Uh, I believe that we should wear them when we're supposed to. I believe you should wear a mask when you're around other people. Um, I believe that the main reason people uh, don't do it is they don't understand that the masks are not for your protection. They are for the protection of other people. And I would like to think that if more people knew that and understood that, that they would be more apt to do it because I like to believe that people are kind and nice and would do it just for the benefit of others. Uh, I used to be a person that kind of mocked people with masks on when I first started seeing it because I was like, that's not going to protect them. From the disease, you know, it's so dumb, ah, you know, that kind of thing. Just in my head, in my heart, like a true Christian, you know, just a nice, genuine Christian person, uh, just mocking people inside my head. Of course, you know, later, my dumb self found out that they weren't doing it for themselves. Maybe some of them were. Maybe they thought that they were uh, protecting themselves, but that the masks protect others by keeping your part particulates you know uh close at hand when you sneeze or cough or breathe or talk so um anyway that's my opinion and there are a lot of people that that have problems with that and i think it's because uh one that they don't understand and that's just me being john steinklobber about it i'm just going to assume that people would care if they understood but i have a feeling you know, the James in me says that there are people that know this and still don't give a crap. And those people are selfish buttholes. Um, but a lot of people don't think it does any good. And so I could understand that if you didn't believe they do any good regardless, then, you know, okay, you're not a total butthole. You're just uh, ignorant about the fact that they, they do keep um, particles and stuff from uh, flying around the, the room and getting on other people. And um, if you're in a rural place, you get a little bit of forgiveness because you're not as affected by it. And, you know, I everywhere we've been, my wife and I and my family, uh, Georgia and uh, the Ozarks, nobody wears masks. They don't even, they've never even heard of them. And it's because it's very rural and there are very few people. And, you know, so I wouldn't call them LBBs by any means. They're just doing what, you know, society tells them to do, much like I'm doing what my society tells me. Because in the city here, everybody wears masks. 
everybody does. Even people you would think wouldn't do it um, because they're just selfish buttheads. Everybody wears masks. And uh, and that's very strange to me because St. Louis is a very self-centered city. The people drive and, and behave as if they are the only people that matter, but everybody wears masks. And I don't know if it's because it's, you know, the rules or if, um, you know, there's many stores that won't even let you in if you don't have a mask. I, I want to think, you know, the giant Stein clobber in me wants to think that it's just people being, being good people, you know, but I don't know. Uh, Landon boss says it like this. Uh, one of, one of our listeners, my opinion of masks is that they should be worn. It is a simple gesture that shows others that you care about their safety. And, and that harkens back to what I said earlier that, um, it is, it, it, it is for the benefit of others. I like the point though, that my next listener makes his name is Michael. And he says, hi, James, I have a lot to say about masks. I apologize if this email seems disjointed or disorganized. I just have a lot to say, and I'm more concerned about the function of this email rather than the form. As an individual who has studied science and recently earned my degree in biology, I'd like to share what I believe to be a well-informed decision based on uh, scientific data and facts. Now, he goes on, and it is quite a long email, and I can't read it all here. But one of the main points that he makes is so strong. Let me, let me read it. Uh, and I, I echo this 100%. My first statement about masks is that I think people are having a hard time getting used to them because they're inherently altruistic. Masks aren't about me. Masks are showing you that I love you, that I respect you so much, that I care for your health, and that I humble myself before you. Surgeons wear surgical masks because they prevent the surgeon from spitting droplets into the patient they're operating on, thus preventing uh, infection. And he, and he goes into a lot of scientific data and, and reasons and links to uh, videos that I can't show on a podcast, things like that. But um, I, I love the point he's making, that he believes that, that it just comes down to simple pride, that people don't want, to help others. And I hope that's not the case. I really do. But I, and I don't think there's anybody out there saying, I'm just going to infect everybody. I don't give a crap. Um, but they are saying that accidentally, you know, when they say, I don't want to wear a mask. I have a family member that doesn't want to wear a mask. And, um, her, her stance is I have an immune system. I don't need a mask. And that points me to the fact that she, probably doesn't understand the purpose of masks rather than her just not wanting to wear them. Um, but, but I think some people just have problems with authority as well. They don't want to be told what to do. This is America. We are free and they don't like being told what to do. And I think that's, you know, a little bit sad that, that people can't do something for the benefit of others because we are Americans and, America is not just about individual liberty. It's about uh, being kind to others and putting other people first. It's the golden rule, you know, and uh, let us be known for that. So there's my 10 cents on masks. I, I don't like them. I'm looking forward to the day that we get to get away from them. I hate them. I hate having to be bothered with it. I hate having to wear it. I think I look like a big, weird, fat ninja. 
but I can't help that because I have to do what, you know, my conscience tells me to do. And my conscience tells me to wear the dumb mask. So hopefully you don't look like a fat ninja in yours. Uh, mine's just shaped like a ninja. And, um, I thought that was a good idea, but it also covers my double chin and it, it's quite an expanse of space that it covers. But, uh, the other thing I want to talk about last time was Facebook and, uh, Facebook is one of those monsters that you you want to live without, but I need it, kind of, sort of. Here, here is something that um, that uh, Daniel J. Lewis wrote me. He is a uh, podcaster and uh, a good friend, and he has uh, a point that I would make. Uh, I've been feeling the same as you about Facebook with COVID-19 stuff, racial tensions, political debates, and other stuff. I found it to not only be discouraging, but somewhat addicting to mindlessly scroll through everyone's posts. It was becoming a time waster just to consume on, in some ways, maybe I was looking for hope or something to make me laugh, but the negative stuff far outweighs the positive. And he's absolutely right. And, and especially now, my time is more limited and thus more valuable for doing the more important things. But here's my conflict. Facebook has some of the best engagement for the podcasting industry. I would agree. Both groups, and even if I post something myself, I get um, far better engagement on Facebook than on Twitter. And Instagram requires too much work since I don't have a photo for every thought. So I'm a bit torn. And he's right. I, I don't use Facebook for anything other than to disseminate information and I check my groups uh, to see if anybody's communicating and, and talking. Uh, mostly nobody's listening Facebook group and I'll reply and try to interact with folks on there. But Facebook has become a whole. It is just uh, a thing. And I know you can control who you follow and, and all that, but I'm telling you, if I unfollowed everyone that put up something stupid and, and something that stresses me out, I don't think I would have any, anybody that I followed at all. And maybe, maybe that would be a good thing. Um, I like, I like here what, uh, what Liam says, Hey, here are my opinions on masks and Facebooks. So I'll start with masks. I think that people should wear masks when enclosed spaces uh, where there's a lot of airflow and people like grocery stores, but I don't think they need to be worn everywhere. If you're out in public where you can distance from people, then there shouldn't be any need to wear a mask at all times. And I agree. Uh, plus we're not sure how effective masks are, especially during long periods of time. It is definitely a good precaution to take, but I don't think it's the solution to stop the spread of COVID. Now I would disagree there. I, 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 I it's obviously not going to stop it completely, but it's going to hinder it. Okay, so that's that's where I would say that's where we would just differ a little bit. Now, Facebook, I don't use Facebook, but I do know that it that it tries its best to find out your data, asking for your real name and email and all, all that. I've also heard they do targeting ads where they access your search history and then send you a barrage of ads uh, based on what you're looking at to buy. But I don't really believe the whole your phone is listening to you conspiracy. Here's my opinions. I hope. I didn't send this in too late. Thanks for the awesome podcast, Liam. Well, Liam brings up a whole nother thing that I hadn't even thought of. And that is, you know, the, the privacy issues that, that Facebook has. Facebook has an enormous amount of information on you. I wish I could remember how to drill down, but there is a, 
if you go deep enough into your profile settings, there is a profile that Facebook has built on you. And it will, it, even though you've never answered these specific questions, it has answers to its own questions about you, including your political stance and, um, and your religion and things like that. Questions you've never been asked, but it has answers to based on your interactions, the things you watch, the things you comment and all that kind of stuff. It is kind of scary. And, um, I don't know, man, there's a, there's a very paranoid part of me that, uh, believes that one day all this information will be used against us somehow. I don't know. All it, all it takes is a is a law change or a flip of a switch, and all of a sudden, everything Google knows about you and everything Facebook knows about you becomes usable by the government. So, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, last bit is just something I read. I've been reading through the New Testament, and um, Matthew 11, chapter 11, stuck out to me today, uh, or yesterday, rather. And uh, chapter, uh, chapter 11, verses 20 through 23, it... Just listen to Jesus talk. This is this would be in red if you have a you know Jesus words in red Bible. Um, in the towns where Jesus had worked most of his miracles, the people refused to turn to God. So Jesus was upset with them and said, "So so obviously Jesus has worked most of his miracles in these towns. The people have refused to turn to God, and and Jesus is upset. Now this is a part of Jesus we never hear about." We never hear about upset Jesus. Jesus is happy. He's helping kids play baseball in photos and and all kinds of cheesy Christian stuff. But we never hear about upset Jesus, except for when he overturned the tables in the temple. Here's Jesus upset. You people of, uh, let's see, Chorazin are in for trouble. And by the way, this is CEV version. You people of Bethesda are in for trouble too. If the miracles that took place in your towns had happened in Tyre and Sidon, the people there would have turned to God long ago. They would have dressed in sackcloth and put ashes on their heads. I tell you that on the day of judgment, the people of Tyre and Sidon will get off easier than you will. And then this one is even worse. People of Capernaum, do you think you will be honored in heaven? You will go down to hell. If the miracles that took place in your town had happened in Sodom, that town would still be standing. So I tell you that on the day of judgment, the people of Sodom will get off easier than you. Holy crap. That's dark. Jesus is mad. And it, it and recently, you guys know, I read through the Old Testament and I got a pretty dark view of, of the way God... Uh, views uh, people that he's made covenants with, the way he views sin, the 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 way he is uh, so angry with people that don't accept his goodness and reject it and embrace their own ways and then live with the natural consequences of sin. He wants to judge them and 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 complicate their lives, and but yet he wants to bless those that come after him. And here's Jesus, his son, acting just like his father. And um, I don't have a problem with it. I really don't. It, it makes more sense. Um, 
you know, did God change in the New Testament? Because I even heard, you know, critics of the Bible say the God of the Old Testament was really mean and, and, and you know, a bully. And the God of the New Testament is all loving and caring and stuff. I think Jesus exemplified exactly what God always was. He was a loving God, is a loving God, um, but can't stand it when people disrespect him, cannot stand for it. Um, when they reject his love and they cling to their own ways and that he wants to punish them. And that's just the way he is. Love it or hate it. That's God. That's God. The way he is. I, I had a, an old Testament survey, um, class in college in Bible school. And the professor said one time, and I kind of took it really like insulted. I was insulted by it because I didn't understand it. But he, he taught an Old Testament survey. And one of the things he would say was that God loves barbecue. And he's right, because God loves uh, God loves people uh, sacrificing, and it, uh, it helps him to forgive people of their sins. But the other thing he said was that God is, is got the... Uh, the personality, not the personality, but the mannerisms of a three-year-old spoiled child. That he wants what he wants. He wants people to behave a certain way. He wants things to go a certain way. And if he doesn't get it, he's going to ruin everything. And as as weird as that sounds, and as blasphemous as almost as that sounds, um, it, it's just the way God is. He is a jealous God. And his son here, you know, uh, huggy, snuggy Jesus, uh, as we see him in the movies and stuff, um, with his big smile and his white clothes and all that. Um, Jesus earlier in, in John actually says that he didn't come to bring peace. He came to bring a sword and 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 um, talks about uh, families turning on each other and and. And, you know, all because of people believing in Jesus or not believing in Jesus. And as you know, for me, I believe these times are coming. I really do. I see it in, in the future and I am no prophet, but I really believe that that time is coming where the world is going to hate Christians big time. Many of them already do, but it's going to be popular. We're going to be known as fascists. And we're going to be hated because of the stand that we take in certain areas. And because of the fact that we haven't loved people like we should, if we did what Jesus told us to do and quit judging everybody and just started loving people and serving people and being the least in the world, instead of trying to be better than other people, if we were in the world and not of the world and, and meaning that we um, separate ourselves and put ourselves on a pedestal compared to the rest of the world, but secretly we act just like them. Um, I think we would have a better shot, but we're digging our own graves. Christianity has been mainstream for so long and, and we're falling out of that. It's gone. Maybe not where you live, but where I live, it is. And um, I believe we're in trouble in the, in the thing that, I hate the most about it is that I, if, if it ever becomes illegal somehow to be a Christian, it won't be because we believe in Jesus or believe in God. It'll be 
because of what we believe about social issues and things like that and the stands that we take. And I, I really don't want to go down for anything less than what, uh, what I was told when I was a kid that, that they will ask you, do you reject the name of Jesus? No, I don't, <laughs> you know? So I don't know. There's, there's my 10 cents on that. You got to hear a little bit of my paranoia about the world in the future, but that's where I'm at. I just, I just see the world burning around us. It's, it's just slowly just going to hell in a handbasket. And, um, and I see Christianity becoming less and less uh, respected and less and less uh, relevant to people and our belief and our faith uh, becoming more and more of a problem. And Jesus said, people will hate you because of me. And, and that time is already here and it's just going to get worse. And, it's going to separate the sheep from the wolves because Christianity is so full of people. Um, I believe that think they're saved because Christianity was mainstream and, and all you had to do was believe, but it's more than belief. You have to obey. You have to obey God. And, uh, a lot of people don't, they just go to church because it's, it's good social life. You know, it's a good, Thing for them to do for their business or for their family. And Christianity has become, do you go to church or not? And that's not enough. It's not all there is to it. Well, anyway, I'd like to thank our patrons again, my patrons. I, I say our, but they're mine. And I appreciate every single one of you, uh, especially uh, Carrie Wright and Carrie Bernhardt for the extra that you do. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that if you have any questions or comments that you will send them to me, james at nlcast.com. I I always try to respond. If not in person on the email, uh, I put it in the show and talk about it. So um, I don't know what I'm going to talk about next time. I'm not going to put myself in a corner because part of the reason it took me so long to record this episode is because I said I was going to talk about masks and, and I didn't know what I wanted to say about it. I couldn't think of anything that was going to last an entire show length about stupid masks. So um, I finally worked it out, as you can see. But dang, it took me a couple extra weeks to do it. So I don't know what the next show is going to be about. But um, I hope that you will be there. I appreciate you guys. I, I really want to say that again. I, you're, you're about 300, 350 people. And you're my core. You're the people that I think of as the real, the realest people, you know? Um, I don't want to call you fans because I don't believe I have any fans. I have friends. I have people that care and that listen and that get it and they understand me. And uh, it means a lot. You, you guys say this show means a lot to you. Well, it means a lot to me. You guys mean a lot to me. So thank you for those that just listen. And thank you a little bit extra for those that also give. If you can give, patreon.com slash GOK. And uh, just a monthly contribution helps so much. Uh, Till next time, this has been James Kennison. You've been listening to the Gospel of Kennison. And we'll see you next time. God bless.